Good evening and welcome to Sportletics, where sports and politics mix and mingle. I'm Stacey Johnson. Joining me tonight is Aguna, the Nigerian moderate Republican. The birds. Keith, the constitutional conservative. Stephen, the independent thinker. And my cousin Todd, who's not with us tonight. Three Michigan State uh, university students were killed in a mass shooting on February 13th, and five remain hospitalized today in critical condition. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that was really hard for me to say. I'm sorry. And during the game, the former 2022 Republican nominee for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake, refused to stand while the Nash Black National Anthem was sang during the Super Bowl. The United States military shoots down the fourth object as China accuses America of trespassing with more than 10 balloons in China. A U.S. commander said he hasn't ruled out extraterrestrials. As preparations for the Daytona 500 continue, Kurt is out, Jimmy is back, and Bubba is popular. Again, Stephen will talk about this shortly. The U.S. military shoots down Iranian-made drones over oil site in Syria. Tiger Woods is back on the golf course professionally. The U.S. Department of Justice tells Florida Congressman Matt Gates that he won't be charged in sex trafficking probe, according to his lawyers. The Philadelphia Sixers host the Cav Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, uh, and millions of children are at risk of losing Medicaid coverage starting in April. Our thoughts and prayers to the victims of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, and more, if we can fit it in. First up, Stephen Bubba is popular. Why is he so popular? I have no idea. I guess everybody loves Bubba. I, th I think during the class, what what it was was he he did something to m make somebody upset. He he's made somebody mad. I, I'm not really sure what it is because I didn't watch the class because it it was like a all star game at the beginning of the year before the season even started. I couldn't I couldn't even. It was like trying to watch the all star flag football game. I couldn't put my eyes on it. I don't have enough time in my life to to watch anything like this. Because it, it, it's all meaningless. So he did something supposedly to mess somebody up or to pee, pee off somebody. I don't know what he did, but it, it, it'll draw interest because the Daytona 500 is this weekend. The uh, first two qualifying races are tomorrow, starting at seven on uh, FS1. Uh, the first, the, they take half the field and they start them at seven, see who does the best. Then they start again at 8:45. See who does the best from there. Then they then they find a way to get to qualifying order up, and the and the best of course rise to the top. And the best thing about this race is just watch it, just enjoy it. Don't don't put any money on it. This is nobody knows what can happen here. Like uh, Denny Hamlin 
is the number one contender. Everybody loves him, but this doesn't matter. This is a crazy race. This is an enjoyable race to watch because you never know what's going to happen. It's it's just mayhem, and they're going 200, about 200 miles an hour around, and then uh, you just don't know what you're going to get. So just this is a good race to start off for the year. It comes on Sunday on Fox, I think around 2.30. starts at 2.30, but – uh, Stacey, what were you talking about? Uh, Jimmy's back. You talking about Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. And he's going to race this week. Is that what you're yeah, saying? According to huh? that news. All right. Well, let's see. I don't know why he would. He retired a few years back. He needs to stay retired. He's got nothing to prove, everything to lose. He doesn't know anything about these cars. I don't understand it. I don't understand why he would do it. He's, it's, it's, it's. It could be very detrimental to him. He's, he's one of the top. There's uh, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., and Jimmy Johnson, and uh, Jeff Gordon. They're the top of the top. Any That's like Jeff Gordon coming back to race. Why would anybody do anything like this? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Oh. Let your legacy stay. It's it, Don't mess with it. Just stay Wait, out. Uh, Stacey, okay. What are we doing right now? I, granted, no disrespect to Steven. I get it. NASCAR, but are we really going to talk about NASCAR after – one of the biggest. Well, I have to let it. We always start with NASCAR. Let me oh, show real quick, God. Aguna, and then we're going to go right to you. Uh, well, this, show, is, this, right is, Aguna, me, this is Aguna playing. This is Aguna being Todd. Aguna is Aguna is being Todd tonight. Right. No, I'm just saying. You know, this is like, come on, this is the Super Bowl. Let me show. Let me show real quick. About Jimmy Johnson because um, <laughs> he doesn't. I think he doesn't believe me. I'm not saying I didn't believe you. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't want to show you the video, but it said Jimmy Johnson should come back. Yeah, I don't believe you're telling me it something. Says Johnson, see, it says two. It says right here the field, but seven-time Cup Series champion. You see that? You can hardly mm -hmm. see it. Let me see if I can move it up. And two-time 500 winner Jim Johnson is back for the first time since 2020. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I was talking about. So um, I'm going to go right to Aguna. Well, yeah, let's go, Aguna. <laughs> Aguna's, Aguna's speechless. In peace. Oh, You're my speechless. God. You're speechless. Now, I'm not speechless. I got a lot to say, but dang, I just taking a moment of silence for the season and for what could have been. You know, I was it was a an amazing season. It was a surprising season. It was an impassionate, inspirational season, but the season came three points cl close to being like a, just a phenomenal magical season, right? It was a great game. I mean, it was a it was an exciting game. Right. It was it, it it had the ups and downs. It had the back and forth. It had the bad calls, the good calls, the missed calls, the slippery field, the controversy. It had everything. It had Rihanna. Um, her baby made it to the Super Bowl before the Cowboys did. You know, it was all that good stuff. But it just didn't have an Eagles victory. And it was I mean, it could have went either way, but it went the way it should have went because. Andy Reid, to his credit, did something that Andy Reid – I have never seen Andy Reid do. He made adjustments at halftime, and he 
coached the heck out of this thing. And then Patrick Mahomes delivered. I mean, they ran the ball in the second half. Our late, great defensive coordinator, Gannon, who is gone now, didn't make the adjustments. They didn't play press. They did a lot of misdirection. They tried to do zone, you know, and it and it came back to bite Okay, them. so wait, 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 wait. Let's get real. At halftime, we were up what to what? At halftime, we were up. Uh, we were up twenty-four to fourteen. Okay, so how did we lose at the beginning of the second half? How did we lose a ten-point lead just by Rihanna showing her baby bump? I mean, it, it wasn't really a ten. I mean, they got the ball back, so it wasn't like we had a ten-point lead and the ball. They had a possession there, so they had an opportunity when they came out after the half to score a touchdown. They that's exactly they did exactly what they needed to do to get back in the game was get a maximize points coming out of that first possession and a half. So everyone's like, yeah, you're up by 10 at the half. Yeah, were you really, though? And then, was, wait, and then how did they do that? So then my question was, as I sat there, because they I'm had a, a great drive. They, they ran the ball. That's Eagles what I was talking fan. about. Andy Reid, You all know how much I'm an Eagles fan, just as mm-hmm. much as Aguna. Everybody knows that. But I just don't understand how Jalen Hurts, who played the game of his life in that Super Bowl, he was phenomenal. Besides that one fumble that caused him to score, he was phenomenal. No yeah. other quarterback has played like Jalen uh, Hurts. Mm-hmm. Not I mean, talking he about Jalen. the MVP what, on the losing what happened, team. What happened to the defense? How come nobody sacked Mahomes? Well, there's a whole there's a number of different reasons why they couldn't get to him. Starting with the field, the field was slippery. Starting with the scheme. He, they weren't playing press coverage. They were playing zone, so they weren't trying to. I mean, again, you have with Mahomes. They were playing press coverage. Patrick Mahomes is the best against the blitz. So even yeah, if you blitz, playing, he's so, going to get the so ball out the very fast. If he's the best against the blitz, why in the world would you blitz him? He, they didn't. Right. They didn't. They right. were. They were. They were. They. But at the same time, they were give. They were playing zone. And what the Chiefs were doing is they were running a lot of pick plays. They were running a lot of misdirection, and they were attacking the middle of the field. They weren't really going to their receivers in the first half. They were going down the middle, getting it to Travis Kelsey. Now, in the begin- in the first half, when they, they stopped, they stopped the Chiefs Kelsey. several times. They could times. only give it to him once. After that, they were they what? shut uh, Travis Kelsey down. Well, that was in the first half, right? So they saw that, and they made adjustments in the second half. And adjustments in the second half, they ran the ball, they ran with Pacheco, and they also did a lot of pick plays where they were getting the ball out quickly to the uh, to the receivers. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster, you saw, I think it was Watson, the other receiver. They got those guys involved, which was something very interesting because Andy Reid made adjustments he typically doesn't do. He That's got the ball point. out Stop of right there. Stop right there. Why didn't he do the same type of thing when he was a Philadelphia Eagles head coach? Uh, I mean, because he, he's learned he's not the same guy. He's I not don't the same believe guy. He, he Andy Reid. That was twenty can, years ago. Can change his call plan to that good? I don't believe that. I believe they brought and paid for help, and the help did it. Just like we mm-hmm. brought and paid for, didn't we buy and pay for that defensive coordinator to help our defensive coordinator, which we wasted our money because our defense never showed up. I mean, so if you look at what happened in the game, there weren't a lot of holding calls on the offensive line. They let them play. They let them play, and they let both sides of the ball. You saw the guys. You didn't hear holding calls. There weren't anything like that. They were letting them play, and they were trying to protect the quarterbacks, right? No, they were holding calls. Even 
um, it was like one the holding call against holding the receiver. Said, they were the doing half. that throughout the game. They just didn't. There call were no it. holding it's calls real. against the offensive line on they either just, side. They just, the refs just didn't call it. It doesn't mean it what didn't happen. That's he but that's was. what I'm talking about. A holding call. I didn't say holding wasn't going on. Clearly, oh, okay. holding was holding goes okay. on on every play. Okay, they were letting them play in the trenches, both okay. sides. So that's okay. why you saw. That's why it was a high scoring game. And that's why we should not have lost on that last possession that uh, uh, Kansas City had because now all of a sudden you're going to call it and you didn't call anybody the whole game. I mean, so so there's two things about that. Was that a call they could have let go? Probably, but it was. He did. I mean, I've seen them call the that before. I've seen them. He they weren't really calling it ball. in that game. It's a shame that they called it in that situation, but it was a hold. Now, you, I mean, it was within five yards. It's the discretion of the ref. You know, you look back on it and you're like, damn. That, I'm not going to say we lost the game because of that call, though. You I'm did. not going to say yeah. that. I mean, we did that, not I mean it was a bad call, call, but I can't sit there and say that call caused us to lose That's the game. That's true. I agree. But you know what caused the loss of the game? The, the Eagles defense. Let me get Steven in on this. The Eagles defense not showing up. I don't understand. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he got in there. He knocked people out. But where was Hassan Reddick? Where was Brandon BG, Brandon Brandon Graham? Where was Fletcher I mean, they, These guys, they were a half step off all night. So I'm not, you know, again, they didn't have that big sack fumble play. They didn't have, I mean, they were trying to get at, they were one step off of them. The footing was pretty bad. But at the same time, they had to make plays. I think the biggest thing was when the Eagles got the ball, after the the um after the Kansas City Chiefs scored on their first possession of the second half, the Eagles got the ball. They went down the field and they settled for a field goal. Quez Watkins had a bad drop that was like right in his hands. And yeah, instead of I getting a, instead of, wait, let me ball. finish, let me finish. Hold on. Instead of getting a touchdown, they kicked the field goal. So they went up 20, they went up 27 to 21. Um and that right there was enough to shift the possession. Now you now you're not up a whole touchdown. Now they you know you had the you had the swing and possession there. And the Kansas City Chiefs just went down there and it basically came down to whoever had the ball last. We didn't have enough time. Right. So it was it was one of those momentum shifts in that in that instance. Even AJ Brown came out and said later, it's like once we had to kick a field goal, I kind of knew we weren't we weren't going to be in a position to win that game just because it came down to whoever had the ball last because no de neither defense was stopping each other. Kansas City didn't. Yeah, punt but that doesn't all make any sense. Half. We had the number one defense in the league all season, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. we can't stop a rank. What what are they ranked? Four or five defense in the in the in the league. Kansas City no, uh, I mean, we, we moved the ball on them. We just didn't. And then there was a there was a time in the second half where it was third and two. And Jalen Hurts did this rollout or something like that. They, they usually at that it was third and two at our 30 or something like that. Usually you run the ball right there. You could probably get it. He did some type of rollout and he ended up throwing it away. They punted the ball. And then and then Kansas City had that huge punt run back because we just activated the punter before the game. Right. That right there, special teams and that offensive fumble came back. And then the fact that the defense didn't show up. And it was still wait, 35 to 38. After all of that, up. it was still a very close game. Okay, so wait, wait. So wait, it was a close game. Let me share my screen because this is where we stand defensively compared to Kansas City. 
This is one of the defense rankings. The defense doesn't play the defense. The defense plays the offense. I don't. But they should have. That's right. So they should have shut Mahomes down. They play the offense. So if you look at this, Cincinnati Bengals are saying had the best NFL defense rankings in the NFL conference championship round. Then they said, here comes San Francisco, which I don't agree with. And then the Philadelphia Eagles. That's number three. Okay. Let's look at number four, Kansas City Chiefs. So there's only four teams in the conference round. So all this is saying is that Cincinnati, who lost, San Francisco, right. who lost, had better defenses than the two bottom teams in this list that won. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles had a the Eagles defense is good, but Mahomes is good. They yeah, but he's nobody that good. Nobody can outrun about what? 20 players? He One didn't of those players didn't have to. eventually going to get him. Mahomes have to. And Mahomes was crippled. And, he wasn't exactly. Crippled. And Mahomes, he wasn't a He was crippled. So how can you say not. that? How do you know? How do you he know? He was dragging his leg like a scroll that got run yeah, over like, by a like, car. Like, like Muhammad he Ali in the rope. He wasn't crippled. He just, Man, he, that was here, just really. he was faking. You I'm could see where it, where it was hurting. Okay, he was okay, not hurting. Until until I see the medical records, I don't believe it. They were playing. They were playing at Mahomes. They were playing at Mahomes. You can't say. He was a hundred percent Okay, Stacy, how do you know defense, he was he wasn't? And then crippled? say our defense what, was you're, number you're going one off of what couldn't make it. What what are you going? How do you know Stephen, Mr. Conspiracy Theory himself? I'm not Mr. Conspiracy Theory when everything <laughs> I say comes out know, to be true. How do you know that he's crippled? Because he was hobbled like a hobble. Oh, okay, so you can't fake that. Oh, you know, you could see where he got hurt when he got hit. You could tell he was hurt when what, he got what? hit. What? On the television? Yeah, they're also, you know it's what? also see, Mahomes. You know, I, I think it would be smart for him to pretend like he's hurt and then come out there and do stuff different versus, oh, I agree oh, with so you. Hurt. But somebody who has a high ankle sprain and gets hit in the ankle at, at a high velocity might get ankle. hurt. He did. He came, so he came on the, in the second half. He pretended like he was hurt. He was over there on the sideline wincing and doing all that. And then all of a sudden, he's standing up on the sideline. Then he's jogging to the locker room. Then he's jogging back out. He wasn't hurt. It just makes a good story if he looked hurt. Oh, he's okay. Hurt. He's got, and then they probably juiced him up. Oh, uh, so of course they juiced him up, no doubt about it. But he was hurt. He was not 100%, which oh, means even worse for your that. defense. But what happens is all it takes is for the referees – to make a, a bad call at the right time for the NFL. Same thing happened to the Cincinnati Bengals. This is what's happening now. And everybody can see it. It's yeah. obvious that yeah. teams are getting screwed because Mahomes is playing at the State Farm Stadium that he's on every commercial for State Farm. And plus, the real reason is, same thing with the Cincinnati Bengals is, all the money was on the Bengals. All the public money was on the Eagles. So you know right. what happens? It right. goes the other way because it was right. $19 billion bet right. on the on right. that Super Bowl. So you think they're going to take a hit? No. The, nope. the people that are billionaires that run this <laughs> world, they're not going to lose. So if you want to win, lose. if you want to win, you go where they go. You bet where they go. And before the game started, I said, wait a minute. What did you say? Because I asked a, a good friend of mine. He said, uh, the most money's on the Eagles. I said I hadn't seen that. They said no, it is. I said I put a I put a fat right. wad. I put a fat wad on Kansas City when I heard that. 
that's when to go. That's what it is. And yeah, that's and, why and the and, and, that's why it I wasn't was holding Aguna, real quick. It wasn't holding. It, you could call maybe ticky tack holding, but it was also a not it was an uncatchable ball. That's what you got to see, too. They call these penalties at the right time, and your team got screwed. And it shouldn't be like that. Something needs to happen. It's too much money. To your point, and I do do agree, it's too much money involved for it not to be influenced. You think billionaires are going to allow a game of chance? And that that was my concern, too, to your point, Stephen. When I saw the line didn't move, because I I was always concerned that the Eagles being favored going into that game by one and a half. I thought it was either going to move right before the, cause they, they activated that running back. I thought, you know, the, cause I, we, everyone always was saying how, you know, Patrick Mahomes, this Patrick Mahomes, that they were kind of boosting them up a little bit, but the yeah. lines didn't, didn't still didn't move. All the analysts before the game were picking the Eagles, even skip Bayless. Was right. Picking the Eagles. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I was like, okay. I was like, I'll be surprised if we pull this one off, but I, I still was like, let's go. And then, you start playing out because there was this fake leak script that came out before the game and it had the Kansas city chiefs winning 37 to 34 <laughs> and a walk-off field goal by Bullock. Who's the kicker. And right. everyone was like, you know, and the guy that leaked it said there was going to be a, a, there was going to be a fumble by the Eagles. He said, yeah. running back, but there was a fumble touchdown. that's going to put the Kansas city chiefs back in the game. They said there was going to be a missed field goal. There was a missed field goal. You know, so how, every- how could they do that? How could that happen? How could they because, know that was because happen? of money? Like he said, it's, Aguna, it's Aguna, I mean, Aguna, me, wait a minute. With all due respect, the whole game before the actual day of the Super Bowl. No, Aguna, no, no, no. The, they, influence, before. they influence it. It's yeah. by calling the refs easily. The refs can easily influence the game. There was a catch by Smith right on the sideline. It was by the rules. If it's not enough to overturn it, you have to go with the ruling on the field. All right. The Eagles players are all walking down there like it's a catch. I mean, it's not enough to overturn. Then all of a sudden, it's like you get the call from New York. Okay, let's overturn it. There's enough to be overturned. You know, even even in the penalty before the fumble, there was there was movement by the Eagles line, but nobody moved. All the Kansas City Chiefs fans were pointing and doing jumping around and doing all that. Then the ref finally threw the flag. The ref that threw the flag wasn't even on the side of the guy that moved. So how could he see? He just went off of what the Chiefs were doing. And again, that moved him back. The next play is a fumble. So the refs can easily influence the game. That being said, still no excuse. The Eagles didn't win. I mean, Uh, I I equate football to wrestling. That's why I had a wrestling belt. You know, in wrestling, there's a script. Things play out. It's still athletic. You still got to be athletic. You still could get hurt. You can still do all these other things that happen. But just like I took my son to the monster truck rally, six monster trucks, grave digger always wins. It doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't matter how good uh, uh, Macadon does or all these other monster trucks do. It's still competitive. But at the end of the day, grave digger does the little signature move at the end. <laughs> To always win, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, we still watch it. We still are entertained. Right. It's still fun. But, but you know what? You can't. You can't bet on that. You can't, can't bet, bet on wrestling. On but you can bet on football, and you can better believe that the powers to be want to win that money because it's their. That's their right. money. They don't want right. to lose it. it. And Aguna, Aguna, with all due respect, you're starting to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Hey, I, <laughs> hey, when it comes to football, I absolutely am. I, I there is no right. now. When it comes to politics and all that other stuff, is a little bit different. But yeah, we'll figure it all out. There's too much money involved in football for there not to be some type of influence. That's why the refs influence the game. I mean, again, yeah. was it a whole uh, – you could – I mean – Ticky-tack. 
but then and then Bradbury. Now, mind you, this goes to the conspiracies um, theory, Stephen. Bradbury is a free agent, right? Right. So Bradbury comes out and gives the NFL an out because he wants to get a payday. If he comes out there and says, "Hey, you know what the hell the refs doing?" He's going into free agency. He's going to be one of the highest paid corners right. in free agency coming out in in March when the league year starts. Of course, he's going to come out there and say, "Yeah, I held him," because he right. wants right. To, he wants to be a company guy because he wants. Yes, those owners are saying, "Okay, you come out there and say the wrong thing." Where you, you're not going to get paid. He's probably going to be the highest paid corner in free agency. Right. You're right. You no. Know? So it's like, yeah, he gave him an out. If I was, because if he came out there and said, no, nah, I didn't know what the hell, I, I don't know. They weren't calling that all night. Why did they call it then? Right. Then all hell would break loose. Yeah. Now people are questioning the NFL, which they should anyway, because again, there was holding it's calls on every play. The refs choose not to call it. It's right. funky. Again, yeah, they right need to overhaul it. They need maybe take the referees out of it and get some get some kind of camera crew or something that yeah. can that can look at things over and over and and determine what is real or not, and not leave it up to these bums who are who are in the and they, their pockets are getting filled by the NFL. That's all it is. It's just kickback. Nineteen billion dollars is on the line, you know, in in sports bets across the world. You think it's going to come down? I mean. You don't throw that flag. I mean, it's too much. It's like, but right. unless you want a certain outcome, at that point, there's only two minutes left. You know, there was there was a lot riding on the fact that the Eagles wouldn't lose, win that game. So if the Eagles would have drove back and kicked the field goal, uh, what was the line? A, one and a half. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, it's either was going to be a push or Kansas City in the points, and that's what because everybody was saying. Can everybody was saying Philadelphia? Everybody, everybody. was saying Philadelphia. Everybody. everybody. And, and it was like, okay, usually we're the underdogs. Usually we're not the ones that people are jumping on. And I think it was a whole ruse to get people to jump the Philly. And, you know, Kansas City was the one that's going to be picked to win all the whole time. So, but that's me. At the end of the day, it was a great Super Bowl. It was fun. It was a good game. Great you know? game. It was again, fun. It just sucks. It just sucks it, at it the end. It sucks that, you know, you think about – and again, so Stacy, you answered your own question. How is a defense that's been shutting people down all year, <laughs> all year? Okay, we've been getting that from the quarterback almost right. you know, since the '85 Bears. You know, we're about right. five sacks away from breaking the '85 Bears record, and you don't get any sacks on Mahomes. Did they automatically just figure out they did? You think that the Eagles suck that much? These guys <laughs> suck that much that? All of a sudden, they forget how to play football, and they just can't get after the quarterback. All of a sudden, no. <laughs> there are either there are things being. I mean, granted, Kansas City has a great offensive line. Don't get me wrong; they probably have one of the best pass protecting offensive lines in the league. They're probably top three next to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Kansas City Chiefs didn't have any sacks either. They wanted a high scoring, highly competitive game, and they wanted a walk off, close knit field goal at the end. To settle it all, they didn't want to blow out. They didn't want, you know, they didn't want a bunch of injuries. Wait, who was they? They wanted what they got. They yeah. being the NFL. <laughs> so know, wait, just... let me let me go back to this. Now, my professor, my former professor at George Washington University, puts out this um, his predictions. He puts mm -hmm. out his predictions. I can't seem to show it on the screen, but he puts out his predictions for politics every week. And he put it out for the Super Bowl. And Ooh. this is what he said. Favorability uh, ratings among all voters. 
Now, they said Patrick Mahomes is 50% favorable. Jalen Hurts, 36% favorable. Andy Reid, 37% favorable. Nick Sirianni, 27% favorable. And Tom Brady, 52% favorable. Yeah. So, so wait, wait, uh, I'm not done. Let me finish. Then it says Super Bowl team preference among all adults nationwide. He does these polls. And Mm. this is called the Lunchtime Politics by Ron Fauché. Ron Fauché was my former professor, but Ron Fauché also was the youngest secretary of state for the state of Louisiana. Okay. Ron Fauché puts this out and he has like a hand. Well, he's, he's 96% correct all the time on everything. So he says among all adults nationwide, which team do you want to win the Super Bowl this year? 30% won at Kansas city chiefs, 27% won at the Philadelphia Eagles and 43% didn't care. Now, let me finish. His comments are these. Americans are closely split on the Super Bowl teams, although the Chiefs have an edge. Republicans favor the Chiefs by 14 points. Democrats favor the Eagles by one point. Independents favor the Eagles by two points. Men favor the Chiefs by four points. Women favor the Chiefs by three points. Whites favor the Chiefs by nine points. Blacks favor the Eagles by 10 points. And Hispanics favor the Eagles by four points. And he got this from the YouGov and the Economist poll. Yeah, so America is as divided as ever when it comes to the Super Bowl. Is basically so what they're it, saying. What he's saying is, blacks and Hispanics favor the Eagles, and whites, women, and men favor the Chiefs. Well, I mean, so first thing, Philadelphia is an urban area, so I can figure that. But also, you got to also realize that Kansas City, from a marketability standpoint, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a State Farm, like Stephen said. State Farm guy, he's a marketer's dream. Andy Reid, you know, old-time coach. You know, those are icons that are favorable for households around America. I mean, especially, you know, typical households. You know, in, you know most of the country, you know, you can relate to, you know, clean-cut guy, heavy-set coach, you know, old ball coach, all this other stuff. So that's not neither here nor there. I think part of it is, you know, all the guys that were in the Super Bowl, Hurts included, are likable people. You know, look at Sirianni, he was crying during the anthem, all that stuff. It was, it was one of those Super Bowls where most people, they, they didn't really root for the Eagles or Kansas City. They just wanted to see a good game. And that's what the NFL gave them. Because a lot of the teams were like, you know, they were people hate the Eagles almost as much as they hate the Cowboys to a certain respect. People like the Chiefs, but they don't have a big fan base. Because, again, how many Kansas City Chiefs fans do you know? Most Kansas City Chiefs fans like Mahomes. And then by default, like the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't like follow the Chiefs. They don't know about Super Bowl one or two or anything like that or anything when the Chiefs are playing. But at the end of the day, it's all the NFL is not a sports league. It is an entertainment league. It's about entertainment. And I will give our listeners one quick story about the first Super Bowl wasn't Super Bowl one. It wasn't Super Bowl two. 
it was Super Bowl three, the famous I guarantee by Joe Namath, right? So Joe Namath against the Indianapolis Colts. The Indiana, I mean, excuse me, not the Indiana, the Baltimore Colts at the time, which they were an NFL team, and the NFL used to crush AFL teams. In fact, because they had the little NFL, AFL championships in one and two, where the NFL just destroyed the AFL, they really weren't going to have a Super Bowl. So when they had that game, even the owner of Indianapolis, I forgot his name, of, of Baltimore, said, you know what, in order to, for the benefit of the league, the Jets need to win this game. <laughs> because what happened was people were losing interest. So many people talk about this conspiracy to this day on how Indianapolis, I mean, excuse me, Baltimore moved the ball up and down against the Jets all game, but they didn't score. The quarterback always threw a pick or something like that when he got inside the 20 because they lost on purpose because after that, the Super Bowl was actually the Super Bowl. The NFL started making money. They made licensing deals with the networks. It started coming on television. But it was all because the Jets won and the AFL was not expected to win at all. And if you look at the 70s, I think Dallas Cowboys were the only NFC team coming from the original NFL that won in the 70s because they were trying to make the NFL popular, the Super Bowl popular. And then you start seeing more, um, you start seeing more competitiveness later on. And you get into the '90s and free agency and all this. Now it's just a complete entertainment because now you got sports betting and all this other stuff. So I'm saying all that to say, the Super Bowl is just not just a clash of two teams going against. It is an entertainment. It's about entertainment. It's about marketing. It's about the commercials. It's about the halftime show. It is this much about those guys on the field beating each other's brains out to get the ball moving up and down so wait so basically are you saying that it's a it's a fix in you and steven said it's a fix in for the super bowl and you can't win unless you somebody a team paid for it right that's right that's right uh well i mean there is some there's this that's yeah, why it's I'm, pretty much it's a script. It's a narrative. There's a narrative that plays out in every. But wait, what I can't get past is what you said earlier, Guna, and what you said earlier was this guy leaked this thing out about how the game would go, and I don't understand how you could leak out a fumble. How do you know the quarterback? Yeah, you know, you got all these wackos on the internet, but it, it just seemed like it was very what he said. And even though I mean, I I'll send it to you uh, for our listeners to see, our viewers to see, maybe in the next show, but. It had the Kansas City Chiefs 37, the Philadelphia Eagles 34, walk-off field goal. <laughs> and I'll be damned if that wasn't. I mean, so okay, how, it was would they know, how can you predict 30. the actions of hundreds of players? Well, it's not hundreds. It's not. Hundreds I mean, again, no, it's, it, and you don't have to predict the actions of every player. You just have to influence the refs, some of the – because, again, Andy Reid, as a coach, has a script of plays that he runs, right? Sirianni, as a coach, has a script of plays that he runs. You know, when you watch the, the 49ers-Eagles championship game, the Eagles took their foot off the gas because at the end of the day, they were about to blow the 49ers out. In the first, it, it could have been 50-0 to zero in, the first, in the first half. And why did they take their foot off the gas in the Super Bowl? Well, well, no, well, they didn't take their foot off the gas. Things were influenced. I mean, they okay. weren't. I mean, they moved the ball pretty well, but you had a couple of um, drop balls. Quez Watkins, that Quez Watkins drop could have been called for pass interference. 
It wasn't. He still should have caught the ball. Yeah, that right? should have been called for pass interference. He it could have been. They didn't call it, but he still should have caught the ball, right? If he had right. caught the ball, they probably would have went up 10 points again, and you wouldn't have had that huge momentum shift. They had to settle for a field goal, and it gave Kansas City an opportunity to take the league for the first time in the game. Also, with the with the uh, Jalen Hurts fumble, you know, you start – you. Again, nobody touched yeah, them. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they lost the game because of a fumble and a bad and a un, a bad catch. Well, it's a that combination of things. Game. You start you start not calling holding. You start calling that quarterback sneak by the Eagles has worked all year. In fact, they get three yards off of it. So you're third and two in your own thirty, and you're not you're going to pass the ball, knowing that this team hasn't been able to stop you running all game. Hmm, why, why do you do that? It's, it could be Sirianni overthinking, could be an immature coach, but at the same time, <laughs> they could be playing out a narrative to get some drama at the end. I do think it was going to play out that if if Jalen Hurts had that ball with a little over a minute left, it was going to play out. I don't, I'm not going to say he would have won the game, but it would have played out a lot better than, you know, throwing a flag on a pass interference. Now they run it, the clock all the way down to 10 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's like that's anticlimactic versus what it could so, have been. Okay, so let's look at the screen. Um, the Cardinals hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their next head coach. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he knew. So Jonathan Gannon knew that he wasn't going to get another head coaching opportunity other than this year. Um, you know, a lot of people say that. You know, the Eagles had an easy schedule. You know, they were able to beat up on some teams. But if he would have come back next year, and especially with the influx of free agents and the changeover that's going to happen in, with Philadelphia, you know, he would have been exposed and may not have gotten a head coaching opportunity. Not to say that he's not a good coach, but I think this was probably the only opportunity he was going to get for a while. If he didn't take it, it wasn't. And most people in Philadelphia aren't sad to see him go. I, I mean, again, you don't get to the Super Bowl without good coaching. Period. Yeah, I don't so care. Why, you're sad. You're sad to see him go, aren't you? Because he's he's a big part of your defense, right? Well, you don't uh, want to see you him know, go. I, I, I am sad to see him go. I would like to see continuity, but the other part of it is, you know, it's going to be a new defense anyway next year. So it's like this because would be a have, time to make us. Why is it? Because we have a lot of free agents. And the defensive yeah. line that'll have an opportunity to leave and go somewhere else. And see, this is the yeah. problem when you go to the Super Bowl and you don't win it. Then there's a lag. If, if you if you go to the Super Bowl, you don't win it, and your team starts breaking up, your coaches start breaking up, they start going elsewhere, then you're in a rebuilding mode, right? You're in a rebuilding, but you also have an offense. I think the Eagles offense, offensively, their offensive core, is still intact and it's going to be there. Yeah, but we have no have special teams. The defense. We have no special teams. We're intact, but we have a horrible special teams. And if our defense is broken up and people start going elsewhere, like uh, James, what's his name? Uh, you just Har named Hargrave him. from South Carolina. No, State. not Hargrave. Hargrave may go somewhere else, but the other one who got the holding call. Oh, Bradbury. Bradbury, he's going to go somewhere else. When you have all these guys going somewhere else, you got to have your defense intact and the new new coordinator. Those people have. Yeah, to I mean yelling. that's true, but this is a very there's a lot of parody in the league. As much as it's scripted, is still because it is scripted. You still have parody, and you you still have the opportunity for guys to come in there and to contribute. Uh, again, Bradbury he he he's going to go get a payday, 
but you can bring in someone with similar talent across from Slay and still have the same production. I don't think there's anybody on the – there are very few players on the Eagles' defense that aren't replaceable. I would love to have Hargrave come back. I would love to have T.J. Edwards come back. And I would love to have um, John, Car- Gardner Johnson come back. Those are probably the three guys. Well, Gardner of- Johnson already – I don't know if you know. Gardner Johnson already said on, on Instagram – that because we follow him on Instagram, that he wants to remain in Philadelphia as the Eagles and he wants to retire here. Right. So he's saying the right thing. So they can bring him back, lock him up. Great personality. Got a typical Philadelphia personality. He talks a lot of trash. I mean, he would probably be the number one person I'd try to retain. We're not going to have enough Fletcher money. Cox. Fletcher Cox may come back on a player friendly deal if he really wants to stay here. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, he's probably going to retire. Fletcher Cox is only 32. Brandon he's Graham is about 33, 34. Yeah, they're getting old. But you, don't y'all have a don't y'all have a top 10 pick and two first rounds next year? Yeah, yeah we have we two see. first round picks. That's right. We have the number 10 pick, which we can get a cornerback to replace yeah. Badbury, or and we can get a top uh, a pretty fairly manageable defensive pass rusher. Yeah, so that's no problem. Around. That's you're not going to have the law of anything. Look at, I mean, look at Cincinnati. They still did really well, and if they didn't get screwed, they could have played y'all in the Super Bowl. Right, and in in fact, the Kansas City, you know, the Kansas City has been to three Super Bowls in the past five years, and this Super Bowl team that they just won, only Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey are the only starters from that original uh, Super Bowl team that that won beat the 49ers five years ago. So, I mean, you can retool. It's not yeah. – it, it's hard. A lot of times getting the Super Bowl is about luck. It's about, you know um, – but these yeah, guys do such a good coaching job. They're going to be – um, um, If you look at our screen, and we got Nas on. I'm going to bring Nas in in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at our screen, it says the Eagles become the first team in nearly three decades – to lose both coordinators to head coaching jobs after Super Bowl trip. And That's then my bad. question becomes Aguna, and then I'll bring Nas in. Who says that Jalen Hurts has to stay? What if he decides he wants to leave and go someplace like San Francisco? Jalen Hurts? I mean, what? Yeah, what? He, he, he's going to stay. The Eagles are going to keep him. He's earned. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but what if all he says this? he doesn't want to stay? And you know how cheap the Eagles are. And he says, no, they're hey, not, they're not, not going to be. No way. I, I, one of the things I will say. We're not going to pay you this amount. We're only going to pay you that amount. Forget about it. Forget about it. And Jeffrey what if he Lurie wants to go someplace like San Francisco? Jeffrey Lurie is a pretty player-friendly um, um, Yeah. Owner. He, I mean, you know, it's funny because even when you look at what's happening with the coordinators, you know, the Eagles have been fairly, you know, there's a bad word on this show, but progressive when it comes to like coaching, hiring and, and, and hiring from within and giving guys opportunities to contribute early in their careers. And so, I, I mean, I like this guy. Johnson is going to come up to be Ryan the offensive Johnson. coordinator. Ryan Johnson was coached by Jalen Hurts, father, coach Avarian uh, uh, Hurts, and he was coached by him in high school. And, yeah, he and, and so you think about Jaylen, it. Ryan Johnson wanted Jalen to go with him when he went to Mississippi to coach but he didn't he went instead to alabama and then oklahoma and then they join up together here in the eagles and the word is that brian johnson may be the offensive coordinator let me bring nas in here nas yeah. um it's a different we don't need any These negative guys... comments about the philadelphia eagles nas because you never did eat that hat <laughs> well, I mean, oh. 
it's just like the Philadelphian to try to put the, put the focus on somebody else after y'all had to take this public hell. But it is what it is. You and your little communist team, I think it would refer to them as progressive. So uh, from Keith, that means communist. So you and your little communist team, yeah, you got to sign some people. This is what the GM is paid for. Why y'all always trying to make discounts for the team? Man, pay them people their money, man. Give Jalen all the money. Get that pass rusher all the money. Yeah, go sign Bradbury too, man. Do what you got to do, man. Quit being cheap. Yeah, I mean, it is a business, but I mean, it, it is what it is, man. I, you know, and now I know how the Falcons feel with, uh, you know, the second half collapse and everything. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a, it's not a good feeling. Now, it's, now I see why you're so angry. Now I see why you're a Marxist. I see why you're a Marxist, Nas. Oh, see, 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 I shouldn't even brought that up. Now you're helping Keith with this nonsense. Anyway, look, look, the Super Bowl, like just overall, the NFL is a lackluster product. It's a great game. We love the game of football, but the organization of the NFL, meaning Goodell and company, they got this guy, the side father, so-called, they've been working there for 200 years and they tell us he's the greatest grass technician and none of that. Then we get to the game. And everybody's sliding all over the field because them getting all their markings down and all this stuff for the cameras, for the overhead shots is more important than the actual game. So then we get a game to where the Philadelphia pass rush doesn't matter because nobody can get any grip. And that changes the whole trajectory of the game, a la Cincinnati versus Buffalo when they couldn't get to Joe Burrow because of the snow. But that was natural element. This is human failure. Again, the NFL is a terrible organization. As much as I love football, grew up on it, and it's like a drug. I can't quit. I'm still watching, even though I know all of the terrible things about it. So, yeah, I just wanted to get right. that in there. Try to right. No, you're right. And, and if you look at Hassan Reddick, his technique, he has this swim technique where he actually goes almost parallel to the ground underneath the arm of the offensive lineman to get up and under and at the quarterback. So you go in Paris, like a Michael Jackson move. It's like a, it's like this whole swim move where he dips underneath. And if he does, if he doesn't have any footing. I mean, it works great in Philadelphia. We got grass outdoors and all, but you're on this turf and you just slip. You're basically taking yourself out of the play. You saw a couple of times where he was just completely, I mean, one time the guy, the offensive lineman sat on him because <laughs> he was like, he's already, oh, you're already on the ground. Okay. I'm just going to sit on you and you're out to play permanently. You can't even get up. So, yeah, the footing was bad. Not to make, not to say excuses. I'm just saying that it, it impacted the game. You could clearly see that. Um, it wasn't, so, but that's to the league's no, no, benefit. Look, look, the want, NFL wanted that, though. Bringing that up, it's, it's not an excuse. It's a reality. Now, people will say, well, Kansas City had to play on that same field. Well, Kansas City's advantages weren't in pass rush anyway. They're right. not a team that gets a lot of sacks, so that didn't really right. matter. So, to me, that swung like a, a big part of the game because we got Mahomes back here who's a little, you know, banged up, so he can't move like he normally can, and not having to worry about the pass rush and just dink and dunk all night. Shout out to the great Pat Mahomes who, you know, by the time he's done, man, they're going to be comparing him to Brady and everybody else. They already started comparing him to Brady. They already started and comparing him to Montana. They've already started comparing him to every great quarterback in the history of football. He's an excellent exactly. quarterback. Well, they need a replacement. Brady's gone, so they need another superhero. You got Aaron Rodgers going to the path of the dinosaurs. You know, look around the league. There's going to be the Joe Burrows. It's going to be the Josh Allen. It's going to be the Pat Mahomes. And now it's going to be the Jalen Hurts. If you look in the NFC. I hope so. You know, that's that's the way it is. Again, it's one of those things where it's, it's a change of an era. 
And even though this the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, which sucks, of course it sucks, but you see Sirianni is a second-year coach. He's a second-year guy. He got to the Super Bowl, right? Jalen Hurts is on a rookie deal. This is a blueprint for other franchises around the league to say, you know what, make a couple pieces here, get one of these up. I mean, you see the trend. I mean, these coaches, these young, <laughs> these young coaches – young slash white coaches a lot of times <laughs> they get these coaching jobs thrown at them because again they're looking at analytics the way the way that um the way that howie roseman is using analytics to evaluate these guys and to bring people in and to actually i mean again he doesn't it's not perfect you got the ragers but you also have the hassan riddick the things that he's bringing in there to kind of put the pieces together so you know we'll see what the offseason does um, but it, again, you're getting these young coaches. I mean, white, black, or whatever. But they're they are young coaches white. that <laughs> primarily white, but they're still young. They're not these old fossil dinosaur coaches that are running around here. You know, okay, so like, like the old fossil that just won the Super Bowl, right? Well, go ahead, go ahead, Hold on, no. Go ahead. Probably no. the last one, but he deserved it. Andy Reid needed at least two. He needed at least two. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, so if you put together a complete roster and then kind of figure everything else out on the back end, Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, then everything is just plug and play at that point. So I, I don't even know if, if coaching is something to be celebrated in NFL. we got Black Monday every year. Why? Because almost half of the coaches are run out and then they bring another, you know, whole new set of coaches in. So the failure consistently as coaches are, you know, concerned in the NFL, there's very few Andy Reeds in the NFL. It's mostly a bunch of guys who are really dependent on the talent on their roster and scheme-wise, all they do is just steal from each other. So you know, yeah, I mean, and, and, but if you look at like Ron Rivera, those hiring problem, they're not going to fix it because they keep pulling from the same pool of guys until you expand that pool of talent as far as coaching is concerned. Then we're not going to see coaching matter as much. Like, it is what it is, man. Andy, I mean, and most of those coaches are coming from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Out of town, but you give Andy Pat Mahomes, look what happens with Andy. Okay, let's move on. I'm sorry, we spent almost an hour on sports. We don't it's even have any more time. It's Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Is after I the know. Super Bowl. We're to talk about this. I know we had to, but not an hour's worth. We should have come back to it after we finished our politics. But let's look at it's the screen. Okay. I understand y'all. Y'all still hurting. Yeah, I am still I hurting. Really hurt for a while. I we am still, still hurting. Hurt. We, we gonna, I'm, no, I, and I, I rephrase that. No, we're not hurt. We're disappointed. Falcons yes. fans are hurt because y'all ain't never had one. We're just disappointed because oh. we didn't get number two. You didn't want that smoke, Nas. You didn't want that smoke, Nas. You can't hurt Falcons fans, brother. You, you can't hurt Falcons fans. Like, oh, are you going to disappoint us? You going to hurt our feelings? Like, that, that doesn't work on us, man. I know. You know, right you know it, it, it's for everything. So today, it's funny. My brother-in-law said the same thing. If you look at this article, <laughs> today it says, uh, by the Tallahassee Democrat, you're wrong to mess with black history. Sharpton black leaders rally against DeSantis. Hundreds gathered in front of the Florida Senate office building and rallied against Governor Ron DeSantis' attacks on diversity and inclusion this afternoon today. This um, was February 15th, 2023, published at 4.56 p.m., updated at 6.18 p.m. Um, they're basically saying that hundreds gathered Black legislators, preachers, and activists, including Al Sharpton, threatened to pull their students from Florida schools and universities in response to not only the state's rejection of the College Board's Advancement Placement African-American Studies class, but also the governor's plans to gut college diversity programs 
continue his migrant relocation program and pursue policies that are viewed as harmful to the LGBTQ community. Keith, do you want to talk about why DeSantis should be stopped from doing those things during Black History Month? Well, DeSantis should not be stopped. He should continue to go on. In fact, why is Al Sharpton continuing that old fossil, that old uh, progressive Marxist, communist? Why does he get all of the, suck all the air out of the room? Why is he still up there and significant? He means nothing. I mean, he's nothing to the black community. He does nothing for the black community. And blacks do not uphold him as uh, the spokesperson for black people. I guarantee you. Are you going to answer the question, Keith? Are you going to answer the question? Even Nas, I bet you Nas, he's not a spokesperson for Nas. He's not you're, a you're, you're deflecting to attack Al Sharpton. It's not about Al Sharpton. It's oh, about DeSantis blocking Let me that finish program. Finish. Al Sharpton is wrong. A black history is not black history. It's American history. And it's oh, all really? You know, there's a lot about American history that blacks were involved that is not being spread. So, that's so Keith, can I ask you a question? Uh, can I ask you a question? And, uh, you block African-American studies. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. One more point. DeSantis is doing nothing against blacks. He is helping blacks to understand the true black, the true history of black people, black Americans. That's the government's role? That's the government's role to tell us history? Check this out. Why are they, why is he only targeting African-American studies? I guarantee you. Wait, 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 hold it, hold it. He doesn't answer. finished his last point really quickly so he can last point. If Aguna, I swear, Stephen, you be my witness. If Aguna, either Aguna or Nas can sit here and tell the people that are listening to this show how much LGBTQ has to do with black history, I, I rest okay, my Okay, go ahead, Aguna. No, so going back to the original question, which Keith deflected, see, this is what happens. In, the, in an educated debate, focus on the topic at hand. Keith had to pivot to Al Sharpton as if we have to, uh, not the message at hand, we're oh, going to try to make it a personal case oh. against him. The bottom I line am. is this. Should DeSantis, who represents big government, tell us or block African-American studies in the state of Florida? He didn't block Asian studies. He didn't block Irish studies. He didn't block Hispanic studies. He blocked African-American studies. And it's for you lie. to say, oh, it's, it's not African-American in history, it's, it's American history. Well, it, what about uh, Asian history? What about, I mean, again, it's, it's just an AP course. Why, so are you talk, why? I don't so think wait. it's government's role to come in there and censor and tell people what let's, thought. Let's look at this AP course. The Tallahassee Democrat had a oh. link. It said the College Board released the latest framework for its advanced placement African-American studies course on Wednesday. So that was Wednesday, February 3rd. Um, uh, Let students choose what they want to study. Why does the government have to come in there and tell you what to study? Because it doesn't meet some type of government censor. This is is a big government issue. This is not, it's nothing to do with African-American studies. Government shouldn't come in there and tell you what to learn. That's dangerous. I was like, maybe I'm muted. It says, at the College Board, we don't really look to the statements of political leaders we look to the record of history all right um so Stephen, let me get you in on this shouldn't ron DeSantis be stopped based on the premise that aguna just gave 
No, if it was based on the premise that Aguna just gave, I would agree with you. But what DeSantis is saying is it's false black history. It's critical race theory. Because, because let's well let's let's all put it on the table and bring it up for debate. This is what he's saying. This is what his his people are telling him, and this is where where his he comes people, off on. What, he, so, DeSantis is not a bad guy that doesn't he, want black people to know black history. He's saying so why it's didn't false. he go to the college board and say, hey, let's talk about this? Why this did is he? I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Aguna. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and bring it out to the public. And, and see where it goes from there. I mean, I want people to learn history that's correct, not history that is fake history. Well, who tells? That, so you think the government should tell us what history should be? He's, he's not the he's government. Not the he's the, he's, he's just the governor of his state, and he's doing what he wants to do in his state, and that's what governors that's a dictator. do. That's a it's dictator. not a dictator. It's a governor. Yes, it is. It's, he doesn't that's have that much power. Should, like Stacey said, he can still do Aguna. Aguna, he can still do He can still do in his state what he wants to do, and other people can do what they want to do in their state. For the people, doing for his interests. Excuse He's me, doing it this, for the people. The then why the didn't he ask African Americans what they thought about it? Excuse me. Because the they're screen. pushing Marxist to racism. Because he Democrat. knows better than African Americans about African American history. No, That's because they're pushing to, Mark, they're pushing racism. That's what they're doing. They're to, telling a false history. Trying to tell their history. Okay. According to the Tallahassee Democrat, it says a class is divided. What they're arguing is this class. And Naj, you can comment on this. A class is divided into four units. Origins of the African diaspora, freedom, enslavement, and resistance, the practice of freedom, and movements and debates. Okay. In the course's goal sections, the word intersection was taken out, as were the word systemic marginalization. Florida officials said the term intersectionality violated Florida standards because it promotes critical race theory. Is that true, Nas? No, it's not. And I think the wrong approach is to even pull up the class and try to see, okay, let, let's see if this class uh, cuts the mustard. Because we're talking about a politician who is using a, a, hot, a hot issue to further his own agenda. He's not qualified to look at courses and decide what's what. He's not a historian. He doesn't have a background in historiography or anything like it. So the he idea might. that he would be the arbiter of what should be in and what should be out, it's like, no, this is clearly a political ploy by Meatball Ryan. Uh, I think that's what your boy 45 the calls him the other day. The so, I mean, this is just him playing politics, playing to the cheap seats of people who don't think well, who he knows he can exploit. And remember, we're talking about the whole state of Florida. So we're not talking about the majority of, of black students. You're talking about a lot of white students who would be taking this course, and they decided, okay, we got to do this because we're not comfortable with what actually happened in this country. And there's a deep story to this when you think about it. There was a playwright in the 1950s. You Gene O'Neill. He has a famous play called The Iceman Coming. And in that play, he makes the statement that if America ever has to confront the mirror and the night side of who it actually is, it's more likely to go fascist than it is democratic. 
And we're seeing that play out in real time to where DeSantis is basically depriving young white students of the ability to assess history for themselves and say, okay, I've heard these things over here. Let me get a different perspective and hear some things from other people. And then that does what? Gives you a complete education as opposed to indoctrination where you're saying, pull these things out of books, pull those things off the shelves. We don't want these kids to learn these things. Uh, We'll just yell Marxism and CRT every 10 seconds and then that'll get people off it and all this really is is a rally of <laughs> a rally of races to be honest so this let is me kind of poking at that latent racism that he knows is there and yep. he's figured out he can draw a crowd from so let so me I, ask I can understand why trump is is, is kind of upset watching somebody steal his maneuver like so let me is. ask steven steven the history is not supposed to make someone feel any particular way, it's history. When I look at the history of America and what they did during the Revolutionary War, um, I don't feel an emotion about it. I just think about what happened. So right. why is the governor of Florida so threatened by, by this history pulling emotions from people? He's not threatened or pulling emotions. What it is is accurate history not fake history, not critical race theory, not theory. This is what he doesn't want to be taught. He doesn't want theories to be taught. He wants actual facts to be taught. And Stacey, I would believe you would want that too. And Nas would want that. And Aguna would want that. I believe everybody would want real history. That's all we're talking about. Who determines that? Who who are you to determine what real history is? Because the history of the the world that we've known. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got to do Marxist critical racist theory. That is a new theory. The history is not a theory of the world. History is history. You can't change history. And that's what they're trying to do to destroy this nation. Okay, go ahead now. Stop for one second. Okay, so the idea is who is best to assess what should be in a curriculum? Should it be professors? Should it be people who write curriculum? Should it be boards who, who vote on this every decade? Should it be tenured professors who actually have the ability to assess these things? Or nope. should it be a politician who <laughs> wants to... No, it should be historians that do not have biases who want to change the truth. It needs to be real historians. Not a politician, but you agree, not a politician. The politician has real historians who are advising him. This governor has real historians who are advising him. Sure he does. You think he's just standing alone by himself in a field being blown away? He's not. The governor of Florida has a plethora of people around him to advise him of what's going on in this world. Name one. Name who you're talking about. That's that's a, that's a, that's your that's your way that you say. No, I, that's I, my key. Way of hey, Keith, can I name somebody, Keith? Can I name one of his advisors, Keith? Of course I can't. But that's the kind of distraction that Aguna wants to bring up instead of admitting that that the country does not want critical race theory. We do not want Marxism. We do not want communism, but you do. And I respect you for that. I I respect you and Nas for wanting communism. We don't want it. I don't think the government should be telling people what to learn, Stephen. I thought you could relate to that. I thought you could relate to that. Okay, go ahead, Nas. The government. 
now the government's good. Not the place that creates revolutions or radicals. Universities are typically finishing places where they kind of beat some of that stuff out of you before you even finish. So the idea that if this course gets out there, uh-oh, the course has been taught for over 20 years. That's been edited and crafted by these people who are actually good at it because that's no. what they've dedicated their lives to. And then no. we get a politician come in and make hay out of it and people fall for it. So someone who considers themselves a conservative, like Stephen, can just overlook the argument that Aguna asked him initially. Do you think it's right or proper for a government official to decide curriculum as opposed to the people who have built their lives on that? And he said no. Right. He started talking. No, right. started agreeing. no said, they did. If the, you have to stop, you have to stop false history. If the history is fake, you got to shut it down. Nor are you qualified to determine Because his historian. They ring the bell of CRT racism, and you guys jump every time. Okay. So since he knows you're going to jump, he just keeps ringing that bell, and you fall. You got to So let's go on. Dr. Fauci, you can't change history. <laughs> if I say the word Dr. Fauci, Stephen's going to go ballistic. Same thing with <laughs> okay. Well, if we say the word, like you see on my screen, the DOJ tells Matt Gates that he won't be charged in sex trafficking probe. His lawyers say, "What does that, uh, Aguna? What you know? What does that do for oh his?" Uh, so, it, I mean, his lawyers say. So we're we're listening to Matt Gates's lawyer determine what the DOJ is going to do. I mean, again. This whole this whole situation smells very fishy, you know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I think Gates. I mean, any other any other, the old Republican Party would have got that guy out of there with the quickness. But they wouldn't have a Gates. They wouldn't have a Santos. They wouldn't have a Marjorie Taylor Greene. They would get these guys out of there because it's bad. It distracts from the actual platform of what you're trying to portray when you have these types of stories out there, you know. And whether he's a Democrat or Republican, this is just not, I mean, the fact that you're even in this type of probe should tell you a lot. Do they have any proof, Aguna? Do you yeah, they do. They proof? have the testimonies from the victims. They have the fact that his proof? buddy went to actual jail. So there's a lot of evidence out you there. Have so. proof. You have proof that he's involved in this. I just said yes, but I guess you don't know. I guess, yeah, English. you you have you proof. Speak English? Okay. You know. Yes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. maybe okay. Uh, C. C. All right. Okay. Um, maybe, uh, Stacy. Maybe they're trying to cut back on, uh, just like they do with criminals out here. Uh, they want to cut back on um, the prosecution. There goes the deflection. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that could be what the reason is. All right. They... So, touche. I'm going to share no, the screen. I'm, I'm sorry, Stacy. I, I just, I just want to say real quick. You got to understand. Sometimes the fall guy doesn't have enough evidence to bring down the top guy. So Matt Gates insulated himself and his former assistant who used to work for him is the one who ended up going to jail and tried to flip on Gates and it doesn't look like he had enough evidence to bring Gates down with him so he'll be enjoying that alone. But to Aguna's point, the Republican Party, this is a big part of their base so they can't dismiss him anymore. The Gates, the, the Margaret the, the Taylor, the people, they have a big enough fan base to where they have to accept them under their tent. The, the, DO, the DOJ is against, the DO, Department of Justice is against any conservative. If they had anything on him, they would have had him. Okay. So if, so, we, if we looked at the whole DOJ, Merrick Garland included, who has 
voted as a conservative for a long time. Matter of fact, that was why Obama initially tried to use uh, put him on the Supreme Court and the uh, conservatives still knocked it down. That was seen as an olive branch because they were bringing on a moderate. Now, if we go through the DOJ offices, you think the people in there are leftists? Or are we talking about typical centrist uh, people who worked in public spaces for decades, which is how they got to rise all the way to something like the DOJ? The DOJ is not some kind of Marxist leftist thing that's going after the DOJ and the FBI are the two most corrupt corporations in this country. Sir, they are corrupt. Everybody's not out to get you. They are against conservatives. If you see this article, it says, I'm sorry we failed you. Michigan lawmakers memorialize Michigan State University shooting victims, published February 15th, today, 3.13 p.m. Stephen, let's start with you. Gun control, three dead Michigan State students whose futures were just put to a stop, and uh, five critically wounded fighting for their lives right now. Um, how, How do we stop this? No one should have the right to walk into a university right. when they're not a part right. of the university, let alone, I mean, they should have the right, whether they're a part of the university or not a part of the university, they don't have the right to walk in and open fire with a handgun or any type of gun. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not gun control. It's, it's nut control. You have to control your nuts. And this is where the system that has all of these laws that would have stopped this guy for, for having a gun. He had all kinds of things already lined up to keep him from getting a gun, but it didn't work. And that he's a bad guy that got a gun through a system that failed, a system that failed him. Because what is happening now is people like him, we're trying to decriminalize people like him, and we're trying to change the criminal law system for people like him to get back in, in, in public when he should he should be incarcerated. Assumption that this is what's happening because we're being easy on criminals and bad people like him. It's not the gun. It's not a gun problem. It's bad people like him that can get their hands on guns. And then people say, well, he's got a gun. There's another guy that just ran over people, just like the racist did a couple years ago at the Christmas, where he ran over grandmothers just because he hated white people. This is what happens. People are nuts and they will kill people no matter what. Do not say it's a gun problem because it's not. Anybody who wants to kill a bunch of people. I got to get Aguna in here. I'm sorry. Aguna. um, No, you're fine. The the students said today, I I saw them on the news saying, we shouldn't have to live like this. This happens over and over and over again. We're having this happen all throughout the country. How many mass shootings have we had? How do we live like this? My question is, if people are so fed up with it, Aguna, why haven't there been a change legislatively nationwide and in Michigan where Michigan Democrats control the legislature and the state house. Yeah, because there's no one silver bullet to solve this problem. A good guy with a gun can easily become a bad guy with a gun just based on having a bad day at work. So if you flood everything with guns, you have it, it's there's layers to this. There's security, there's gun control, there's, you know, there's gun training. And so what happens is nobody has an educated debate about this issue because the extreme always takes the cake. Uh, you see Steven over here talking about, hey, it, it's bad people, it's crazy people, it's all this other stuff. Well, you know, crazy people could at one point have been sane people, law-abiding citizens with guns, right? So there's a combination of things that have to happen. 
It doesn't have to be about taking away everybody's gun. We're not talking about that. But there needs to be some type of comprehensive plan around gun control that doesn't involve every time you bring it up, people getting spooked about it, like you're going to take away my gun and you're coming for my freedoms and all this other stuff. There needs to be a common discussion. You need to bring in law enforcement to talk about it. We had laws to stop him. don't want to talk to law enforcement. And law enforcement don't want a bunch of people running around here with guns. Aguna, we had laws to stop him. Okay. We had laws he, to stop him. They didn't use them. He, this type of thing doesn't That's happen in other issue, countries. Though. It's That's only happened in the United rule. States. And to say that the best defense, as you said in the past, Keith, the best defense against a gun carrier is another gun carrier doesn't necessarily work. So what's well, the it does. Well, it does work. Um, this is It hasn't been uh, tried. Because they won't it let it. It has been tried. But here's the thing. a small percentage of people uh, that works. West, it's, it's like less than 10%. It work today. But I just want you to understand that uh, Stephen was That's right. True. And you guys kind of blew over it. Uh, you know, I, you, you wouldn't want to talk about it. But uh, Carol Seaman, Carol Simon or Seaman or uh, S-I-E-M-O-N. <laughs> I like, I prefer Seaman. your mouth, T. This is the children's show. We prefer Seaman. Can you act like an adult, please, for a moment? Sorry. Well, that was Steven. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt. That was Steven who made the comment about it being a fluid out of a male body. Yeah. I didn't say, that I said semen like in the Navy. I was talking about Navy oh, semen. No, you were not. And, and Keith, you're Guna. wearing a, a Star Wars shirt. Talk about that. Was like a that was a Guna. That was a Guna. He's but a Guna, we need to <laughs> lighten up. I mean, people are dead. We need to lighten up the conversation. Oh, we're no, making people feel you. sad. These aren't well, the drawers you're looking prayers, for. Our thoughts and prayers are with the students yeah. and families of those Stacey, who are fighting for their lives in Michigan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So basically, uh, the uh, Michigan shooter, you know, the guy was uh, had a prior felony gun charge dismissed by this uh, prosecutor. And uh, that was go. the prosecutor. So Steve, was, right. I have it on paper. I mean, it's actually uh, in. So that's my uh, source. And yet okay. uh, we'll have no source, of course. Source, of Why course. Why are you attacking me? What do I do? Because well, you I like your shirt. I like no, your shirt. You I like no, your shirt, man. Come on. I'm You're an adult wearing a Star Wars shirt. I like I'm it. Responding to your attacks. I'm responding to no, your. No, 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 I didn't do anything. So your attacks are against Stephen and myself, and I, I listen to you <laughs> because hey, look, you hey, over hey, talk, buddy. I know you're feeling okay, very self right. Let me bring Nas in. That wasn't me. Let me bring Nas in. Go ahead, Nas. Your comment on this. Yeah, so the thing I thought was really interesting, they showed one of the young students, and she had on a T-shirt about Sandy Hook because she was in the Sandy Hook mass shooting. She, you know, she had to hide and, and do the whole thing there, and then she gets to college, and this happens again. Like, just imagine that, and just for a young person. Like, that's her life experience as, as she knows it right now. So... Stephen made the point. He said, well, it, all of the systems failed and this guy was still able to get a gun. Okay, that's the thing Stacy and Aguna were addressing when they said, should there be some type of regulation? Should there be a tighter control on who has access to weapons so things we like this go We have it already. We have the laws. possible to stop a criminal you, Stephen. while also right. not tightening the regulations on stopping a criminal. So you can't have it both ways. Now, we don't. All of this is 
They don't get it, Stephen. I know. They can be better. I'm not including myself in this group. There's a lot of people in America who've decided that Sandy Hook and every other shooting is worth the price of them being able to have, purchase, and carry a weapon. They see that as that important, and they see these as casualties that are terrible, and they'll do the thoughts and prayers thing. But as far as changing anything that could stop it possibly happening in the future, they're not willing to go that far. And it's political suicide for any politician to really bring up the idea of more regulation for guns. We, Keith, we can't have an intelligence debate. We can't have an intelligent debate. This is so goofy. This is just beyond goofy. Don't yeah, okay. use the word intelligence. Yeah, so beyond goofy. Yeah. I mean, you they said that three times. Aguna agrees with me, but he's trying to be cool. No, I, you no, exactly. Man, you man, agree man, with me, Akuna. I'll, I'll let you, you know agree with me. They have all these laws. They have all these laws they passed, and they let this guy get by anyway with all the laws that they had. And you want more laws? You want more regulation? That's not the key. The key is these people are nuts. What did, what did the this guy is a felon. He was a felon. He was a felon. Well, it was my turn. You interrupted by repeating yourself, <laughs> and you said all of those regulations and things failed. So. The answer to that would be to reassess, figure out where the holes in the system are, plug those up so you don't have these events going forward. No, like the Democrats. To throw up your hands and just say evil people will do evil things, and that's just that. Like, that's a really terrible, unchristian like way of looking at dealing with violence against the citizenry. That at a certain point, we're, we're going to hit a tipping point to where people just decide. You know what? Stephen doesn't know what he's talking about. Keith doesn't know what he's talking about. My daughter was in that classroom, and that happened, and I had no control over it. And all of, think about all these parents who were getting their updates on Twitter and had their TV on in the background, and they're waiting to hear back from their child. Like that, that was their night that night. I hope my child is okay. I hope my child is okay. Then feeling guilty because you're only concerned about your child. That's what those parents' nights were. Michigan State University, you did everything in your in your in your in your ability to raise that child to where that child was qualified to go to Michigan State University. You got them on the fast track to the good life, and that's how you spent your evening. You know, people on the show don't care about that stuff. They just want to use their talking points. And it's, it's like you, you sit here and you say, hey, you know what? Police don't want a bunch of guns involved. Hey, there's it's a comprehensive conversation around it. Let's offer some solutions. Let's not sit here on the show every year and complain about the same thing and just yell at the camera like a madman versus actually coming up with something intelligent <laughs> and debatable. So if you want to come up here with talk about an intelligent debate, why don't you come up with some solutions and stop whining about it? That's all the I'm saying. Is stop voting for Democrats. That's the solution. Yeah, and that's the adult. That's the adult, right? That's that. Let's all grow right. up. Stop voting for the other people who have ideas too. Let's not be a democracy. Let's just shun those people. Stop voting. Get these because Democrats. they're Democrats. Stop, not because stop voting for people who are budget. making it harder for good people to We're live. We're not talking about right. debating the subject. The Democrats saying, Don't make it harder for good people to live. Sense. That makes sense. Yes. Thank okay. Let's look at our screen. We're, we're almost out of time. We have to move on. How a fog of questions over a spy balloon and UFOs fed a diplomatic crisis. U.S. officials now suspect that the balloon was sent to spy on bases in Guam and Hawaii. 
and that other downed objects were not surveillance machines. Washington's evolving view reflects U.S. and Chinese difficulties in discerning each other's intentions. This was written by Edward Wong, Julian Barnes, and Adam Entos, February 15th, today, 2023, updated at 6.41 p.m. Um, let's start with Stephen. Stephen, it seems as though China has also accused the United States of sending plenty of balloons over China. Two rights, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, what is the solution to de-escalate any tensions between China? Oh, I don't, I don't have any idea, and I don't believe China at all. China, we're not flying balloons over China. We and we don't need to, and they didn't need to fly balloons over us. We can spy on each other any way we want to do it. We don't. They're trying to send a signal to the world uh, that they can do anything they want to us, and there's nothing we can do about it. They can, they can make us look like fools, and, and that. But we don't. We're not sending that message uh, by sending balloons to China. We're not doing that, and. Our government is just really weak and really screwed up right now. And we have a really big, big problem with China because we we are compromised. Our leadership is compromised to China. And that's coming out. And it's we've known it for years, but it's coming out uh, at, at a tipping point right now. And people are going to find out that we're okay. we're in deep trouble when it comes to China. We don't have a military. We don't have anything right now to compete with what's going on in, in the world because we have oh so God. weakened ourselves. We've weakened ourselves. We've weakened our, we've okay, weakened our you, military. You, Stephen, we're out of time. We're running out of time. We're not making enough quick. Trump ties to keep yes. up with the demand. This wouldn't uh, have happened under Donald Trump. This wouldn't have happened under Yeah, it happened under Trump. It happened. In fact, they showed where over 10 balloons were missed under the Trump administration. This happened three times during the Trump administration. Oh, three. My bad. That's not true. Nope. Well, I mean, you can say that, but we know you don't read, so you don't know anything. So anyway, <laughs> this has happened before, three times during the Trump administration, that. and it's happened now. And yes, Stacey was correct in the reporting that we have done the same to them. Again, we talked about this during the hacking scandal. This is, uh, as as shout out to my, my boy at Oklahoma State, the coach. It's the Big 12. It's big boy football. Well, when it comes to world powers, this is what happens. They spy on each other. They try to hack. They try to attack your system. They try to figure out where your vulnerabilities are. This is what China, Russia, America, Germany, Japan, all the major nations, this is what they do to each other to try to get a leg up. So this is no surprise. Uh, the sad thing is I see people beating the drum for war against China. We heard a person already say, well, China lies, as if every government on this earth doesn't lie. But China doesn't lie. All for any cold. Nah, war they came up with TikTok. Where we, where we, where we get driven up to a war, war, uh, war fever and start to assume things about other people. And again, the same way or the average Chinese citizen doesn't have any control over what it its government does as far as black ops or <laughs> surveillance or anything else. Just like we don't have any control over any of that, what our government does. So this is a sad situation. Hopefully it'll blow over. But just watching the visceral reaction and so many show me, Show me the proof that it happened under Donald Trump. Where is your proof, Nas? Sir, sir, Nas, where is your proof it happened under Donald Trump? Okay, yeah, Keith, I, I got to go to Keith. We're out of time. We only have a few minutes left. He's not going to read it. He's not going to read it. Show, I'll read it. I'll read it. Show me your proof. Just because somebody told you doesn't make it true. Okay, Keith. Because Trump look at was this, just so anti-China. If you look at this, Keith, real quick, 
Um, nobody, nobody after round with him. They said they think that That's they were lie. trying to spy Iran over Iran bombs over um, Guam and Hawaii. What should well, the American government do? Well, it's to shoot them down. I mean, we don't shoot. They don't fly they in. Do our that. But but how do we prevent more from coming? Well, we can prevent it by just watching out, being more vigilant. You know, we're not instead of uh, jumping on conservatives all the time. We need to do what uh, the government is uh, designed to do by the Constitution to protect our, uh, you know, our our borders. That means airspace, water space, land space, and they need to be uh, vigilant at that and do that instead of trying to uh, uproot the rights of the citizens of America. I know under Trump, it sure sure would have been protected. He would have blasted sure. the hell. So. He sure would have. He okay. would have said, China, stop sending Abuna. those balloons. Build more ties. Abuna. Build more ties. Build more of my ties. Stop sending those balloons. This is a dog and pony show, right? China's been spying on us. We've been spying on China. Yeah, they, not, they didn't shoot things down right away because they wanted to capture it and actually study it. Just like there was a spy plane that crash landed in the ocean and China went over there and and pulled and took the plane apart and all this other stuff. It's just, it's a tit for tat. I mean, this is not anything new. They could actually, they could probably spy on us better from satellites. Again, they have satellites, we have satellites. I mean, there's pretty, there's very little places that China can't get into, especially Mar-a-Lago. They, they were all over there. <laughs> so you better believe they have better ways of getting information than just sending a balloon everywhere. But again, I think part of it is a deflection, it's a distraction. And when you start looking at China, and uh, again, this is the uh, uh, military industrial complex. Now, if you get the fervor up enough, you're going to start spending a lot of money in surveillance, more so than we already have. I mean, the U.S. has the number one military in the world. Yeah, China has some capability, but we have better capability. There are things that we can do to China before they even think about doing something to us that we can knock them down. And that's just a fact. I mean, there's some things out there right now that you wouldn't believe. And so I'm not afraid of China. In fact, we both need each other because they're building stuff. We're building stuff. We're building stuff to attack each other. So it's like it's a it's an economic situation that we should love. OK, so I want to do a roundtable, but Plus they own a lot of our the, debt. So it's there's like, a few you know, things in the roundtable. I would like to do one. I'd like to talk about first thing. We'll start with Keith then Stephen, then Nas, then Aguna. Number one question. We got to do this fast. Number one question is. Um, why hasn't places like Dubai, uh, Qatar helped Turkey and Syria now with this horrible earthquake and human tragedy of over 30,000 people dying? Why do they look to the United States instead of other countries like that? Well, it's for obvious reasons. The United States is, is still the greatest nation. At least uh, we, we seem to be the cash cow of the whole world. Everybody comes to us. Okay. So that's why, and, and yet- All right, we're that's the one question. Now I gotta go to, okay, Stephen. Mm -hmm. What's your answer? Oh, uh, Keith, I agree with you. We're the cash cow, but we're not just a cash cow. We're the, the whole farm. We're every animal on the farm. We're the, we're the cash, every animal that you could ever imagine. That's what we are okay. to the world, to All our right. to our detriment, to our detriment. Thank you. This guy. Uh, no, that's actually not true. Uh, the whole globe is donating and delivering supplies. They even got supplies from Zimbabwe. Yeah, uh, but not so much supplies. They needed not so much supplies. They needed supplies. 
but they really needed that machinery to help them move that concrete out so they could still rescue. It's a miracle. God has allowed miracles that they're still rescuing people alive, but they needed more machinery and people to help them rescue more of their occupants. And that's why I'm asking how come countries like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Dubai have not assisted? Yeah, th th yeah th that's, that's the mistake there. So this is the American ego talking. We are not the world. The rest of the world is donating too. The problem is the machine you're talking about. See how it is, even of moving those things from your area to a disaster area. It takes time, and it's really yeah. difficult to do. So the nations who can, and also companies, because companies have been involved, Caterpillar and a few others, uh, they're doing everything they can to get it done. But this is not some kind of, you know, this is not this is not even a, a black mark on America's inability or. or or, I don't know, negligence on okay. these people. All right. Aguna, same question. And don't forget, the, the, the dollar is the world-backed currency. We have the number one currency okay. in the world is the dollar, right? So a lot of these countries, and we have, because of that, we have a lot more influence and um, and the interest in other countries prevailing than most countries, right? So, yeah, we got a, we have a huge stake in the game. We have a huge state department in which we are influencing other nations and making sure that they do things our way, AKA Turkey with missiles stationed there for us and doing those things, watching Russia and all that stuff. So we have the best interest to help out with these countries when things happen like that, because we're buying influence and we're buying a lot of, they're buying and using a lot of our, manufactured goods here in the United States when they do these disaster recovery efforts. Okay. Thank Good you. Night. We're out of time. I want to add a question, but I think Not we're going to have play. to table it till next week. Um, uh, Luna, you're going to have to talk about when, why they're getting rid of the dollar. Yeah. Right. Russia and China, Russia and China get together. They will do away with the dollar. That's why China's a problem. And we keep pissing off Russia and we're all in trouble right. in the United States. It's, we can't I mean, I mean, it's called a new world order. That always happens. I mean, that's, there's nothing to do with. I don't know. They've been, this YouTube, they've been on this. But also, I mean, Stephen last it's week. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. They want to do away with the dollar. Week, we should get rid of the Fed. Right. So we get rid of our centralized banking system. We never should have had the Fed. Country, you, you said get rid of the Fed. We never right. should have had the Fed. So the Fed first, never should have been. So, and then you're going to get mad at Russia and China. They want to do away with the in our community. You make our make lives sense. livable. Thank ways. you. Thank you. Like thank you, Chair. Women and men of the U.S. military for all that you do and sacrificing your lives so that we are free to say whatever we choose on the show. We are forever indebted on behalf of Aguna. Go birds. I still represent the birds. Come on. The Nigerian moderate Republican. Keith. He left the independent thing. I mean, the uh, constitutional conservative. Mandalorian. Steven. <laughs> the independent thinker. Thank God he's out the basement. <laughs> the FBI is still looking for you, though. They and won't never find God who wasn't on the show tonight. Thank you, Nas. Do you want to make a quick little... Uh, no, uh, I'm just amazed at how crazy some of the people on this show have become, and it's a bad indictment of a lot of people. Even, why yeah, you take your take your medicine next time before you call. Have no sense, no interest in learning, no curiosity, <laughs> and because of that, they're just angry and ignorant. not angry. Right. Thank you. Spitting I'm Stacey truth. Johnson. Let's Spitting keep this truth. conversation going on Twitter. Check out our new Instagram page. Check us out at Twitch. TikTok, um, Stephanie Stallworth, The Flow, 
Television Network and check out our Instagram page. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. Good shit.